This week's episode of the Fat Packs Podcast is brought to you by the Collectible Card Club, Monster Breaks, and all our phone guests appear on the Spotty Hot Cash Hotline. And we are back. This is the Fat Packs Podcast. You're listening to the Beckett Media Podcasting Network, and I am, of course, your host, Eric Norton, joined today by my new co-host, because he's sitting right in front of me, Mr. Matt Bible. What's up, Matt? Not much. What's going on? I'm excited that you're here, because I'm not talking to myself. Yeah, well, hey, that, you know, that's great. I mean, it's better than talking to yourself back in grading. With you, with you, I could be talking to anybody. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's awesome. Back in grading. I love that. We do have to get back in grading and do some (laughs) grading, uh, so we can get out of there. I want to mention my sponsors off top here. Of course, the Collectible Card Club. You guys all know them. What a great subscription service they are. Um, our friends over at Monster Breaks. If you're not breaking at Monster, I don't know, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, man, Kyle and Curtis go through cases and cases of stuff. Every phone guest that we have is on the Sparty Hot Cash Hotline. We do not have a phone guest this week, but you know we have Matt, so that's just as good. And uh, our new our new sponsor is uh, called Minnesota Cards. Uh, they are a sports cards and memorabilia sports break uh, guys. They they are uh, fun. Go check them out, especially if you're in the Minnesota area because it's cold up there and people need stuff to do. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Minnesota, uh, Minnesota Nice Cards. I'm sorry. I said Minnesota Sports Cards. Minnesota Nice Cards uh, joining the Fat Packs uh, sponsorship. Love and thanks to them for doing so. What's up, buddy? How are you doing? You doing good? Yeah. You ain't doing I'm good? doing great. There's busy as usual, but, you know, just hanging out. So uh, here's like where we like to do new products and new pricing. I only have one new product priced uh, from Mr. Mr. Brian Fleischer, Panini Dominion Basketball is now priced. And that is a high-end, high-risk, high-reward product that uh, was absolutely beautiful when we opened it here in the office. Matt, I know that you are the king of non-sport pricing. So do you got anything new non-sport over there that you got updated? Uh, We've got uh, 2018 Star Trek, the original series, Captain's Collection. Okay. There you go. So there's, you know, good stuff in there. Your typical typical autographs from Shatner and... And uh, Nichelle Nichols and George Takei and uh, George Takei, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, you, it, it's your typical Rittenhouse uh, product that uh, that that they release for Star Trek. They're very consistent with their Star Trek and sure. their Game of Thrones and their James Bond stuff. So, um, you know, a lot of cool inserts, relic cards, and most importantly, the autographs. So uh, you brought up Star Trek. Let's talk about Jean Luc coming back. Jean-Luc Picard. That's awesome. Yes, um, it is. Th- that's right there in my Star Trek wheelhouse. Yep. And uh, Generation was the next was uh, was my first introduction to Star Trek. So I am excited about that. And Patrick Stewart seems to be excited about it too. He got emotional at the Star Trek convention in Vegas. That's where he had made the official announcement. And uh, he was, you know, he was he was talking about how years ago he thought, you know, once it was done, it was done. Right. But years later, he had another, you know, a revelation. He had a talk with executives, and he just kind of, you know, um, came to the the conclusion: that I need to do this. I need to come back to these to to do this one more time. Nice to re reinvent, or you know, 
you know, come back, come sure. back to the, come back to that role. So that's awesome. Um, I, I just hope that uh, if this reinvention is a lot like uh, Xavier and Logan, mm-hmm. where we get a very crotchety, senile <laughs> old man dropping f bombs at, at Riker or something like that, you know what I mean? That'd be fantastic. But right. no, that's just my own personal fantasy. We won't let that get in 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 the way in any way, shape, or form of what Paramount is planning to do. But hey, it's uh, if 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 Patrick Stewart is listening, hey, that is. A good suggestion. There you go. <laughs> New products wise, uh, I'm sure that Picard would throw f bombs at Riker about all these. 2018 Tops Gallery. I'm, I'm sorry. Tops clearly authentic baseball. Um, acetate cards in a in a in a oh, one thirty. I, I I see clearly authentic with yes. acetate cards. Right, I, yeah, I like that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 2018 Donruss football that was out this week as well, and finally. Now I say finally, like it's uh, like it's a revelation, but it's not. A twenty eighteen nineteen upper deck MVP hockey is out this week, so the first product of the new season uh, dropped. And I want to mention, I want to make a special mention here. You can buy it in fat packs form, uh, <laughs> so please go do that. Yeah. And when you do that, take a picture of it and send it to me at Eric Norton or at Fat Packs Podcast. I would love to see it. That should be a contest. You should, should have be. a. A contest of who comes up with the most creative picture and give them something. Give you know them. what? Let's do that right now. Off the top, Matt, thank you for that. First, the most creative fat packs picture with uh, with 2018-19 Upper Deck MVP hockey, MVP hockey will win a box of MVP hockey. It's got to be a fat pack. Yes. It's it gotta can't be, a be any other form. It has to be a fat pack. There you go. Um, I hope you're listening because that's going to be a fun contest. That's going uh, to be good. Now... We would also like to stress, please keep these uh, pictures clean. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to see anybody in the bathtub or, right. you know, None hanging from a chandelier in their underwear, underwear or something yeah. like that. We, so Yeah, we need them to be clean. Definitely be clean. <laughs> Again, be clean. All right. Uh, so we got all that. That's our new products and pricing out of the way. And uh, what I really – I brought you on today to talk about uh, the non-sport almanac, which we'll do later in the show. But uh, it's also National Baseball Card Day this weekend from Tops, and it's an amazing little little run. This is the third year of it. It's been it's been fun. And the short of this is you, sh- as a kid, you show up to uh, you show up to your local hobby shop and get free baseball cards. Yeah, what's wrong with that? Nothing's wrong <laughs> with that. Especially nothing would have been wrong with that when I was a kid because exactly. the dealers that I had to deal with as a kid were just like. Free baseball cards? No, get out of here. Yeah, exactly. Please, sir, may I have some more? No, get out. No, no. Leave. So uh, Cracknell has a nice little piece uh, on the Beckett page. Uh, I'll just read a little bit over here. Tops National Baseball Card Day returns in 2018. The set for 20, uh, 20, I'm sorry, wow, set for August 11th. It's a day to head out to your nearest participating card shop, and there is a list of participating card shops, and get free baseball cards. As with past years, 2018 Topps National Baseball Card Day comes with its own exclusive set of cards. Exact details of the promotion and cards connected to it have not yet been announced, but the main part of it is that anyone can go to any participating shop and get a free pack of cards. For some, it's a reason to go to the store. For others, it's... See, for some, this reason to go to the store. Like me, who like, honey, I'm going to the store. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, and for others... It, it's, uh, it might be the introduction or the reintroduction into the world of baseball cards. Let me read you this checklist because it's pretty stout. So each team gets a gets a card, right? 
Chris Davis for the Orioles, Mookie Betts, Red Sox, Jose Abreu, White, Abreu, White Sox, Edwin Encarcion for the Indians, Miguel Cabrera for the Tigers, Altuve for the Astros, Perez for the Royals, Otani for the Angels. That's controversial there. They could have went Trout. Uh, Maurer for the Twins, uh, Didi for the Yankees, Chris, the other Chris Davis for the Oakland Athletics, who, by the way, has an unreasonably insane batting average in home runs against the Texas Rangers. If you need a home run guy uh, against the Rangers, it's Chris Davis. Uh, Felix Hernandez for the Mariners, who got blown up yesterday. Uh, literally? L- literally blown up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have a Drac. I had a Drax moment. I have to know these things, man. Can't <laughs> uh, speak in metaphors. Karemeyer for the Rays. Gallo for the Rangers. Who Gallo is very hot for the Rangers. Right? He uh, last nineteen games has hit ten home runs. It's insane. Uh, Marcus Stroman. Stroman through the six and the Blue Jays. Grinky for the Diamondbacks. Albies for the Braves. Rizzo for the Cubs. Hamilton for the Reds. Blackman for the Rockies. Bellinger for the Dodgers. Uh, See here: Bauer, Thames, Rosario, or Arietta Harrison, Renfro, Posey, Molina, Scherzer, and Judge all all round that out. You have to get the Judge. You have to make a ten dollar purchase. Okay. Oh, they have a t- they have a tier program yeah, going on. So to, to get the Judge and to complete your set, that the Scherzer ends it at the thirtieth team. Uh, to get the Judge, you have to make a ten dollar purchase. And we had Suzon from Tops uh, at our at the at our national programs, and this is actually going to be extended to the next week as well. On August 25th, if you go back to your hobby shop and make another $10 purchase, you will complete the set with a Reese Hawkins Philly, autograph, a Philly card. There are indeed autographs as well. That, that list is also a who's who. So. And see, that's going to be interesting because how many people are going to f- forget to go the next week and not get it? You know, Because in, in this day and age, it may seem like that's, you know, well, that's not going to happen. But sure. people just forget things happen. You know, other events in their life, they'll forget, and possibly it could be a short printed or one that's a little less right easier to get in the future. Completest will go right, yeah. But those guys will, like, oh, I'll pick it up on eBay. They won't go. They won't they're... go, and then they'll be paying three times more for it. Exactly <laughs> what they were going to get at the at the at the shop. Exactly. So, man, we were just we touched on it briefly, but going when we were kids, going to a baseball card shop and getting free cards was unheard of mm-hmm. this is a program that's running three years successfully now and it's not only at baseball card shops it's also uh at and it started last week i believe with participant with all all 32 ml i'm sorry 30 mlb teams they are giving away team specific national baseball card day sets nice so you can go to the you can go to your favorite team and, and get one there too that's oh wow. awesome. i'm gonna have to send somebody up to uh up to cleveland to get me a an Indian set, then. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great, man. So uh, w- since we're here, we're talking about opening cards as a kid or getting cards as a kid. Did you have a shop as a kid? And, and do you remember like a huge pool that, or that something you pulled from a from a dealer uh, when you were a kid that, that sticks with you? There was a couple, actually. And, and believe it or not, I, in Coshocton, Ohio, there were two card shops. And then eventually just it dwindled down to one. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was it – was, it was really crazy because it's crazy to think back then because that's been 30 years ago. My gosh. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, I mean, you know, you would go and, and you would get the t- – they'd have all the typical stuff, the tops, upper deck, the FLIR. Um, but, 
you know, you never really got freebies or anything like that. Sure. You know, it was, you know, they were interested in selling stuff to you out of the case. Right. Um, you know, they they made their money on the wax, but they wanted to get that extra dough by sen- selling you the $100 Jose Canseco Donner's right. rookie card you can get for what a dollar now, right? Right. Um, so love, love the Fleur one with Eric Plunk on it. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, back it was just a different time back then. It's a lot different than it is now. I think you know, who knows if if uh, you know, free baseball card or free hockey card day would happen now or back then because right. we live in the viral age now. Sure. It's more about promotion than it is anything else it, you know i did they have the resources to do that back then did they have the media to do that back then were they able to coordinate back then so it may not you know even if it was a good idea back then they may not have been able to successfully pull it off so it's it's good that we live in the viral age now where we have all these wonderful card sets that are coming out and 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 these wonderful promotions that uh, companies like tops put on i think i think it's amazing i think it's absolutely amazing and, uh, it gets kids amped to get you yeah, know does. any father who ha- has children and wants to get them amped about baseball cards, you know, stop at the local shop and you know people might be they stop at their local shop and then they go they go straight to the ballpark to see their favorite team play exactly. who you know whoever they're playing. So this is a this is a credit complete total credit to Tops. They're doing a great job with pulling kids back in. We always talk about, about pulling kids back into the hobby. This is a great way to do it. Um, I will say this, though. Some of these kids are already ultra, ultra savvy about what they're collecting. Yep. They have better collections than you and I have put together. Uh, so Andrew Sutherland <laughs> comes to mind. Exactly. <laughs> The Sutherland boy does yeah. come to mind, yes. <laughs> I mean, all this, the, the posts I see Bill post on Facebook, I'm like, man... He's gonna have he's gonna have a he's gonna have a Honus Wagner before it's all over exactly. said and done. Um, but yeah, you know it's it teaches kids you know it, it gets them interested and it teaches them you know what to look for, what to be passionate about, you know sure. how to spend their money accordingly, and it's a good it's a good time for everybody. Indeed. All right. Speaking of a good time, uh, we're gonna get to the bulk of the show here. I'm going to play the. Uh, the podcast roundtable that we had at the national last week, it was an absolute blast of a time to get all, all those guys up on one stage and get, get our collective thoughts about, uh, podcasting, uh, our collective thoughts about the hobby, the state of the industry, the state of the hobby. There is a difference. Um, we, we talked, we covered a little bit of everything. So, uh, this was a special, special moment, uh, at the national for me personally, who I, I, I pretty much coordinated this and put it all together. But to have those other guys buy into it so easily and not, you know, have to twist and pull arms. And we came together as a collective group to just, you know, talk about the good stuff that's going on. And um, I, I really enjoyed each and every one of those guys uh, being able to to jump up there with me and do this. Uh, I appreciate it, especially uh, Rob over at GTS. I want to thank you for making the main stage available to me to to uh, for us to facilitate this uh, conversation. So without further ado and... Um, any more delay? Maybe just a little bit. Okay, now now without any delay. No, uh, thank you uh, to again to everybody who who jumped up there, guys. Here is, on the other side of this break will be the podcast roundtable from the 2018 National Sports Collector Convention in Cleveland. Hang tight, we'll be right back. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Chris from Buck City Break, and you are listening to the Fat Packs on Beckett Radio. 
know him as Beckett Radio, a.k.a. Fat Packs, or more importantly, he has a name. Yes. And it is Eric Norton. Eric. Thank you, Rob. What's going on, guys? All right. Uh, first thing I want to do is kids in the crowd that are walking away. <laughs> uh, I have some fidget spinners from TBS from uh, Top Shelf Breaks. You guys want some fidget spinners? There you go. There you go. I don't want to hit you. <laughs> Please stick around. Uh, craps, watch out. You're not a kid. <laughs> All right, fidget spinners, top shelf breaks. Thank you very much, uh, Chris Keller, for uh, handing those out. I do have some, uh, I have a copy of each of our, uh, our latest magazines that we'll give out a little bit later. I got a couple of, uh, my wife made these. They're uh, tumblers, so if you want to see my ugly mug while you drink something, please do. All right, uh, let's introduce everybody. To, uh, to my right, this is Let Me Get That Potograph, Drew and Stu. I'm sorry, backwards, Stu. Drew and Stu. And Drew. We all know the king down there, Mr. Rob Bertrand. Stop. Stop. <laughs> Mr. Jason Martin of Still City Scoop. And my man Vince of That Sports Card Podcast. What's up, Vince? How you doing down there? Yeah, you got to get a mic there. We got to share one. You got to turn it on? Maybe? On? Also, the queen just arrived. <laughs> the queen. And Ivan's here. Hold on, we're having a little te technical difficulty with the mic. On? One second. Are you guys on? I, don't, I got nothing. One moment, guys. He says it's on. He says it's on. You're on. Cool. Okay, cool. We're on. You just got to eat it. All like, right, so close. last year at this time, at this show in Chicago, I can think of four, four podcasts that were there. Uh, myself and the Fat Packs podcast, Mr. Bertrand and Ivan with GoGTS, uh, the PSA podcast, they, believe they were up here a little bit earlier, and then I believe Sports Card Radio was walking around. A year later... I think there's 10 or 12 shows, and this is a pretty good representation of what's going on right now in the podcasting world and the hobby. So what I wanted to do is just have a discussion with you guys, talk about the hobby, talk about how you guys got started in podcasting, and um, we'll talk about the state of the hobby. We'll give some stuff away. And is that, does that sound cool to y'all? Is that Absolutely. good? Absolutely. Yeah, let's do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. All right. Um, with all due respect, I'm not going to call him the king again, but Mr. Bertrand has been around sports card radio, sports, sports card podcasting f for the better part of a decade, right? Yes, sir. So you really are where this all started. Nah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer to my former business partners and my friends, Doug Cataldo and Russ Cohen. Uh, they had started the Card Corner Club radio show, okay. I want to say back in probably 2000. And I hooked up with them in 2002. Uh, Doug walked away from the hobby for a little bit, came back and said, hey, I want to do a radio show and I want to do it live and I want to do it on Blog Talk Radio. And so that was the, kind of the first transition from going from a, a recorded format to a live format. We needed to, uh, the show grew to the point that we needed to bring on another co-host. He's sitting out there right now, David Wright. Mr. Wright. You might know him as Long Fly Ball on Twitter. And so that was uh, our foray into, into things before we switched over to a, a, a video show. So let me, let me ask you this. 
and I, I know the answer is going to, it's a vast, wide answer, but how much has this changed since? It's in, it's, it, it's right. Like you said, it's changed so much from just last year. Right. I mean, the number of shows that you can uh, listen to and download on iTunes. I mean, you've got Chris Stuber, who just launched another one for uh, uh, Baseball Cards Daily. Right. Awesome show. Awesome show, you know, for investment advice. Uh, you have uh, a new web series called The VG3 Show by PSA. Mm -hmm. Okay. So whether you are into video and want to digest information that way or audio, there's something for you and it's infinite. And now we've got great podcasts like Let Me Get That Graph, Steel City Scoop, you know, and, and more. It's just sure. keeps growing. It's, again, in a year, it's grown double and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure next year it'll probably be in another 10 or 12, right? So you guys, let me get that photograph. Yeah. Where, where were you guys inspired to start doing a podcast? And, like, you, you guys are fairly new, right? You got about 50 episodes in, is that correct? Yeah, they're uh, about, about just over 40, so we're about a year, you know. Okay, so where were you guys inspired to do this, and where are you hoping to go to, like, say, next year? Well, uh, I just love sports and wanted to talk about cards. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I listen to you guys, watch GTS, uh, all the podcasts for a while, and... Uh, I was a journalism major, always wanted to do something with it, and uh, sure. just started doing it and uh, snowballed from there. Yeah, so, I mean, Drew just put a blast out on a Facebook group, uh, a cards group, saying, hey, anybody want to do a podcast? I responded and said, sure, I like to talk. <laughs> um, and we found out we live like an hour away from each other. There you go. Which is convenient right. for, for trying to start something like that up. So um, Yeah, we'd never met when we did the first episode. Yeah, When no. we did episode <laughs> number one was literally the first time we met. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That was interesting. But, yeah, I mean, we've just been going from there. Um, coming up next, you know, we'd like to do like to do some more shows like this, maybe branch out into some video content here and there, you sure. know, just kind of dabbling in, seeing what works and what doesn't. Sure. Now, I'm going to jump over here to the newest of us all. Uh, he's not that new, actually. He had a, he had a show, uh, Preserve the Hobby, but now he's with Still City and Still City Scoop. You guys are, what, five episodes in, right? I think you were number – I think you were actually number six. So for me, I actually started, I listened to wrestling podcasts, and then I actually listened to uh, Eric Carabell, ESPN Fantasy Baseball, every day at work. And then, and then actually, uh, 2012, I got a job where I traveled territories and drove two or three hours a day and actually started listening to Cardboard Connection Radio. So that's kind of where the hobby podcast for me started. Uh, that, was, that was my inspiration. And then kind of thought well i can do this with a little practice and you know went through preserve the hobby now I work for still city collectibles and it just keeps steamrolling you know we started or started by myself now adding guests you know the famous eric norton on episode six so it's just kind of snowballed from there and hopefully just to keep growing and if it you know gets to the point where it's more than once a week then that's great i'll do it every day if it comes down to it so all right vince you are the king of surprise guests. I've told you this on, uh, on, on social media. This guy, this, this, is, this, is, no, this is no lie. So how, the, guy, the guys from House of Pain, they're, the lead singer is a big collector. They're doing a show in the Fort Worth area. I am typing the email to House of Pain to book him for the podcast. I, I get done. I'm getting ready to hit sin, and I look at Vince's podcast. And he has booked House of Pain for the week 
that I'm trying to book him for. I'm like, this is ridiculous. I, I can't do this. You got about 35, 40 episodes in. Uh, tell us where you started and uh, where, you, where you're hoping to go. Well, I'm a little different than I'm a little different than probably most of you guys up here because I'm not really into the hobby as like making my living in the hobby. I don't sell car. I mean, maybe stuff on eBay or something, but I don't make my living in cards as a hobby. And uh, I've told the story on the podcast a few times about how we started. Started as like a father and son project, right? My son wanted to get into doing a project uh, mainly with like YouTube and. I've never really told anybody this, so I'm kind of telling it here now. The, the reason I really paid attention and really got going with this is my son was suffering from depression, and he was really depressed, and they were saying that a project like this would, would help him. So I really put a lot of effort and, and money into getting the, the equipment we needed and you know, learning how to do a show, learning how to do a podcast and everything we were going to need. So well, like I said, we started out doing videos, and then he didn't want to do the videos. He wanted to try to do a podcast. So he knew that I was into cards, and he told me that he would produce the podcast for me. He'd handle all the technical stuff, all the computer stuff, which he does, and maybe to a lesser degree now. But for sure, at the time, it helped a lot. I mean, it really helped him. and gave him uh, kind of a, you know, he was proud of what he was doing, and it gave him a purpose with that. So we didn't know what kind of podcast we were going to do as far as format. So it took us a little bit to kind of get our feet under us to find a format that we liked. And that format is, is probably different from most people up here, too, is we're just basically a talk show. Talk show that kind of is hobby-centered, but not necessarily all the time. So that's where we're at now. And uh, we're at episode 40. So we, uh, we got a few more surprises up our sleeve, too, as far as surprise guests, just to let you know. All right, I want to talk about the, the state of the hobby now. Um, Rob and Ivan, you guys are kind of the forefront on Thursday nights. You guys go live and you break down what's, what's out there, big stories in the hobby, uh, sometimes what's, what needs to be fixed in the hobby. Everybody says the collecting's dying, and I think that by the evidence of all of us sitting up here, I don't think that's true. But what are you guys seeing on a weekly basis in the hobby that's working? Well, I think that first and foremost, there's some incredible demand, and, and I'm, I've long been preaching that just as my eyes have been opened working uh, with a podcast that is sponsored by a distributor, it's so much bigger than I ever thought going to a hobby shop, going to a Target, going to a Walmart. The Asian market is huge. Mm -hmm. I just sold two cards to uh, buyers in China for way more money than I paid for them. Sure. You know, that's... That's, that's the nuts and bolts of it at the end of the day. Demand drives things. Um, and I know there's a lot of issues going on right now with the fact that there is so much demand and there just doesn't seem to be enough products. So we're seeing prices go up, prices go up. Um, and, you know, I've actually been privy to conversations between distributors and manufacturers trying to fix that. But I find it very interesting because I also just randomly in searching the other day, I found an old article from, I want to say 2013, when GTS's own David Real was actually at Tops, and he was talking about how we heard the hobby shop's complaints last year, and we lowered production this year on this product. Okay. So we need to remember that, that things, things are cyclical, 
And right now we're in this phase where things have grown a little faster. Um, but I definitely don't think the hobby's dying. I think the hobby is thriving. It's just things are going to ebb and flow, and we need to be used to the fact that for this year, prices may be a little higher on some of the boxes that we normally like collecting. Sure. Speaking of the hobby staying alive, I know that you guys work a lot in Facebook rooms. Some, some have you know, 2,000 members. Some have 16,000 members. So the hobby's not dying, and it's alive and well on Facebook. Can you speak to Facebook a little oh, bit? Oh, yeah. There's a... There's a whole community on Facebook that's absolutely massive. And, uh, I mean, just here this week, I've met probably 30 people that I've known for maybe a year and a half, two years, and uh, just never met but had been talking to for three or four years, traded with them 100, 200 times. Sure. And, I mean, the Facebook groups, they really are, they move, and it's a hobby within a hobby, really. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's nuts, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, Facebook and Instagram both have taken the card shop online, which right. is more and more as, as people kind of my age and, and slight, slightly slightly older, I'm 25, so millennials, the magical millennials, get into collecting. Um, they get that disposable income and they can spend it. That's where that's where things are going. If we're behind screens, um, I think that the people in the hobby, the dealers, the, the shops and everything have figured out that that's where you got to go. And so... Um, it, it's almost replacing card shops, but it's also driving a hunger for card shops to come back. So I think sure. we're seeing that translate into the hobby really well. Now, speaking of card shops, you work for a card shop, per se, right? So, Yeah, per se. Per se. Um, it, you always hear about cutting out the middleman, and hobby shops don't like that, and you know, they, they, want it, they want to have it, right? But Facebook and, and social media is, is a real thing right now in collecting. How are you guys uh, merging the two happily? I mean, for, for me, especially with writing, you know, news stories about products that are coming out, and then even I think a lot of people tend to forget about past years. We get so stuck in 2018. Right. So one thing that I try to do is go, th go back and find products that, hey, you know, this is a good product for a good price. Hey, it's five years old, but everybody kind of forgot about it. So that's kind of where I come in, write some stories, give the news of what's coming out, new products calendars and all that sure but also kind of reminding hey this players and this product and so on and so forth can i just piggyback on that because yeah. i was going to say uh, i was going to ivan did a great job of summing things up but you know we get trapped in this cult of the new yep. as collectors and what's hot and what's now and and you forget that you need to go back sometimes even with basketball now because right. of the nba's developmental league and europe being a gateway sometimes you got to go back to these older products a couple of years because all of a sudden these guys are starting to get playing time and can break out so it's great to have a resource that points that out sure it helps a lot a lot of those especially with the nba um a lot of those older products just sit on the shelves right um and then and then five years from now they're $400 because said player blew up, and then you can't buy them anymore. <laughs> so it, it, it helps when we have that voice out there. Vince, do you have a hobby shop in your area? Do you have a hobby shop in your area? We have a few hobby shops in our area, but uh, mainly it's all Targets and Walmarts by sure. where I live. Um, we have one that's in southern Ohio a friend of mine has, and uh, he's got a booth here somewhere i haven't found him yet <laughs> and uh there's another one that's in delaware which is about a 40 minute drive from my house he's here too so i've got to find those two guys but uh there's 
the closest one I have to my house is just not that great of a shop. It's old. It's been there a long time. I mean, I still enjoy going there occasionally, but they just don't really carry anything. Okay. So I'll ask Rob. Rob, what do you think that hobby shops can do? What do you think hobby shops can do to help re-innovate, rejuvenate the hobby? I'd, li I'd like to see them. It's getting better, but I'd like to see more of them embrace social media more. Yeah. Uh, I, it's not as bad as it once was, but I still think there's a lot of opportunities that they're personally missing out on, uh, opportunities to uh, do breaks live on Facebook Live. I mean, it, it is so stupid easy now. You can do it from your phone. Sure. So so do that with new product. When you get a, a, you know, a new product into the... Uh, your store, why not just take a box and showcase it, and you can even then play that in a recording on a monitor in the shop so that people have an idea right away of what potentially can come out of that. Then you talk about engagement, you know? It's a great way to engage and communicate with your customers. Right. And some shops, they get it. I mean, Mike Fruitman from Stadium Sports yeah. Cards in Colorado, I mean, hats off to him. If he could teach a seminar, on how to do it, he should, because there's a lot to, uh, you can learn from him at the hobby shop level on how to engage in social media. Yeah, I'd like to piggyback off of that. Um, we actually have a really, we have two hobby shops near, near us in Charlotte. One's great, one's not great. I'll, and the great one is far from me, it's an hour drive. But I'll drive it, it's Bob at AAA Collectibles and Matthews, and what he does, he engages the community, makes it family friendly, he and his wife and the people working there are always nice and friendly sure. and will always talk to you. And then they get players from local teams. I know not every city has a local team. Right. But even minor league baseball players, have them in for signings, have them in and showcase their product. Be creative in the way that you market. Be creative in, in what draws people in. I mean, people like things besides just the cards, but it also gets them in front of the cards and around the cards. So they see that same player on a piece of cardboard, they're likely to grab it as well. You, you mentioned engaging the customer, and National Baseball Card Day is next week. That is, this is the third, the third year, I believe, and it's, it's grown leaps and bounds from its original uh, incarnation. It's so great engaging the customer with promotions like that, teaming with tops, or with, like, you know, Upper Deck does. And, uh, they had to allocate packs on that even. Yeah. yeah. That, that's how popular it's become. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. It's, it's great seeing. And then we talk about it all the time. I think all of our shows talk about it all the time is getting kids back involved in the hobby. Yes. So... I, it, it's happening, and it's probably more prevalent than what we're giving it credit for, but I think it could be happening on a, on a much larger level. So this, this is one where I, I preach a little bit. Okay. But again, it's just because I'm a centrist, so I argue whichever side you're saying, I argue the opposite. <laughs> All you have to do is come here and stand on this stage with me for 10 minutes, sure. and you will believe the kids are in the hobby. Right. Now, it's not the same as it once was where every single kid allegedly did nothing but collect cards as our memories tell us. When I was a kid, I, w I cared more about card collecting than any of my friends, even though they may have spent more money on cards or had more money. I was the only one out of all of my friends who really sorted, collected. So I think that we sometimes glorify the past a little bit, but there are kids that love it today. And I'll tell you the other place that we are not seeing the kids that are collecting, Instagram. Right. There are so many kids on Instagram and in the Instagram collecting circles, and a lot of the people I know that say there aren't kids in the hobby are also not super active on Instagram. <laughs> so they are out there. It may be slightly different. They may enjoy some of the digital offerings. And yes, they may be spending a little more money on video games. But let's be honest, Eric. 
1990, if you were given $60, would you be buying Super Mario World 3 or would you be buying a, a box of cards? That is a fair question. Yeah, fair enough. Yep. I really like Yoshi. <laughs> Good. No, I actually, uh, when you were just saying that it's just they're not there, I completely agree. My son, that's actually what got me back into the hobby was wanting to collect with him and stuff like that. And the kids, I walked past here and I saw it yesterday, and I've seen some of the kids' breaks. They're, they really are, they are engaging a lot, but I do think that uh, – local card shops and stuff like that really need to be pulling them in because there's a lot of things that they can do interactively that can help them. I mean, growing up, I remember more fondly than anything my dad taking me to a card shop. I think most of us probably do. And so I think there's a really, I don't know, I think there's just more that the card shops could do for what you were saying before about just pulling them in and stuff like National Base Card baseball card days what's going to do that i think we also need to embrace the base set more often um david i'll, I'll point out david again he, he in the past he has done segments on my sh on on our show uh the set of the month set of the week set of the moment whatever we want to call it that time that he was on it but uh being knowledgeable about a base set i'll, I'll give upper deck kudos the the uh, the, uh, the young guns the young gun rookies in an upper deck base set they are the standard bearer for the rest of the season as far as rookie goes, right? Uh, I, I know that you have your autographs and other products like that, but for a base rookie to sell for 30, 40, 50, 60 bucks sometimes, that's amazing. And Upper Deck does a oh, great yeah. job of that. Being more knowledgeable about the set and putting, putting sets together is going to help our hobby grow as, as well. You had something, Jason? Yeah, to kind of go along with that point, it feels to me like some of the autographs and the memorabilia, especially for the rookies, are getting out of – not, I don't want to say out of hand, but maybe out of a lot of people's price ranges. And okay. it seems like the Topps baseball rookie cards are starting to really become a, I don't want to say a fad because Topps has been around forever, but it seems like, you know, the Trout, the 2011 Trout Topps or the Kershaw from 08 Topps Update, it seems like those are really picking up a lot of steam yeah, in are. the past year or two. They are. From somebody that likes to collect junk era Panther Chrome refractors, I'd absolutely love to start seeing people collect some of this stuff because, you know, sure. that's what I'm going after. Sure. You know, you mentioned those tops um, rookie cards coming back, and I think the product of that, I mean, you're seeing those guys, Trout and Kershaw, start to put together Hall of Fame resumes. And so people are trying to jump on that next 52 mantle. I mean, they're really hoping that they hit it with something that big, and they're, they're trying to guess at Kershaw or Trout putting together those kind of numbers. I, I think that's where you're starting to see a resurgence of those base rookies. I think you're absolutely onto something. Well, take a look at the, the Steph Curry rookie from a few years ago, right? You're not you, kidding. You, you can't touch it now. That card almost went from, you know, what, what was it, 20 bucks, 25 bucks to $500 overnight. It, it, it was ridiculous. I, I know it wasn't that fast, but it, 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 was, it was ridiculous. And there's something to be said about those base cards now that are, that are picking up steam. And it's good to know that you could, you could probably go out here right now, search the floor, and, you know, maybe find a handful of them mistakenly put in a dollar box or something like that, you know? It's, it's not impossible. It's not impossible at all. Rob, I, I want your honest thoughts on um, just, just the hobby in general. Uh -oh. Because you see this. Honest thoughts. You, you see this from both sides. You're, you're a collector, but you're also, you, you guys work at GTS. You're a distributor. Something amazing just happened over there. What do you, what do you honestly think? is going on right now in the hobby. Are we really good? Is this, is this a boom or bust type thing? Or 
Oh, uh, in a bubble? First, I'd like to make the distinction between the industry and the hobby. Okay, please. The hobby's going to live forever. Right. All these companies, Panini, Tops, Upper Deck, could fold tomorrow. Hobby will still be here. Okay. Okay? So when we talk about the health of the hobby, and a lot of times we're referring to the newer aspect of the industry side of things. Sure. So I, I do like to draw that distinction. I think it's important to it keep in important. mind because, you know, long after some companies are gone, there's going to be people collating their sets and chasing secondary market places for the cards they still need. Um, I think we're in a good place uh, overall. Uh, I think that Topps has done a great job with the MLB license. Do I personally think there's there's a little room for another licensee? Absolutely. Sure. Uh, has Upper Deck done a great job with the NHL? Absolutely. Is there room for a second? Maybe. See, it's different. You know, okay. yeah. it's a little bit smaller market, and I think Leaf does a great job with some of their hockey products. Uh, so while none of us are necessarily fans of quote exclusives because they think it um, negates competition. I don't necessarily think that it has, I think based on just what we're seeing now, it hasn't hurt, you know, we're doing okay. And so when I see people on social media, retailers complaining about not being able to get enough product, I can only think of that as a good thing because we all remember the days when, I mean, let, let's face it, there's a pretty famous video of me burning some junk wax. You know, <laughs> I, I don't think any of us ever want to go back to those days. You know what I mean? Speaking of famous video, what's up, Chris? How you doing, buddy? <laughs> Where are we going for you? You got something to say, buddy? Yeah, yeah. I think, I think honestly, the hobby's doing just fine. I mean, let, let's just be honest about some products you can get. You can break Tops High Tech, which is on-card autos that are going to grade well for 30 bucks. Um, whether people love the set or not, you can get nice cards for inexpensive. And the economy's doing well right now, which is going to boon the industry. Sure. And so um, you've, got, you've got three, four, five great companies, some up and coming. When you've got new companies up and coming in an industry, I think everything's going all right. And so I really think that the next um, step, if you will, is just working on the products themselves and, sure. and kind, of, kind of honing in where each company has carved out their niche. Vince, I want to ask you about retail. You, you were talking about... There are a few shop, hobby shops in your area, but most right. of it's Target and Walmart and stuff like that. Right. Are you going to resell, retail spots and, and picking up cards like that or picking up you know, blasters or whatever? Well, I won't lie. There's a lot of times that I'll go to a different grocery just because I know that they have the cards. You know? <laughs> yep. If, if, if there's a store I know doesn't have cards, we might not do our grocery shopping there that week. That's awesome. You know, even if we have double coupons. <laughs> but uh, I, I want to get back to that point where you were talking about the – where. Um, Stu, I get Drew and Stu mixed up. Stu was talking about the hobby and the cards. I think a lot of the reason that the hobby's picked up is if you look at the cards that are coming out now versus the ones even 10 years ago, there's some really cool cards coming out now. Sure. The, some of the, even the, I know it's high end, a lot of people can't afford it, but if you look at it, some of the, the amazing patch cards, the low numbered stuff, and uh, not to mention how people can get into the breaks now and get their hands on that stuff without breaking the bank, you know, potentially. So I think that has a lot to do with it, too. Uh, yeah. Correct. <laughs> I want to get back to retail, though. And the stuff that's coming out of retail boxes and blasters is insane. And then you have, 
you know, retail-only sets that, you know, both Panini and Tops are doing. I, is it innovative? Probably not, but it's, it's putting a lasting mark on the hobby, I think, because guys are, guys are going, guys are going and picking up a rack pack and, you know, and, and, and hitting a Shohei Atani autograph or something like that. You, well, it's filling you, an obvious demand. Yeah. I mean, like, like Vince said, there's not necessarily a shop close enough sometimes. And so maybe that, you know, for some people, that, that aisle at Target is their hobby shop. That's true. And to That's be able me. to provide them, you know, a product that can't get anywhere else, I'm okay with that, I think. I'll add something real quick. You know, me being from West Virginia, it's you know, smaller towns, smaller communities, less card shops. I buy a lot of retail, and it's not that I'm necessarily looking for innovative. It's okay. more of a price point. Hey, I can throw $20 away here and not really miss it, that kind of thing. Sure. But I'm also looking for player selection. So the immaculate, I don't need it to be at retail because I'm not looking for the high hits. I might want Tops or Heritage or Don Russ because they might have that 6th, 7th, or 8th starter from the Pirates or the Nationals or whatever. So I think the retail tailors a lot to that type of customer. I I, I think so, too. And it's, you know, you're not breaking the bank, like you said. You You can throw away $20 and not have it be a big, big deal. I look around here and... I know this is a lot of our. A lot of you. This is your first national, yep. right? Yep. You guys' first national. Rob's the Rob and Ivan are, are Wiley vets. This is only my second national. Uh, we'll talk about the national. We'll wrap it up. Rob, Ivan. This is. I like this. I like this better than Chicago. I like the floor layout. It's it's much nicer. As you're not uh, nut to butt, as I was talking to earlier, but. Uh, <laughs> What, is, what does this show mean to the hobby? Is this everything? Is it, is it everything? And then next week we're just going to worry about what's going to happen next year in Chicago? Or is this, is, this, is this the hobby? Or is this just another show? Well, I think it's impossible to say that it's just another show. Yeah, when I think you look so at the too. <laughs> continued record numbers being set. When you look at the fact that auction houses hold items to be able to bring them here and display them. I mean, I saw a 1933 Gaudi PSA 9 that I cannot shut up about, Babe Ruth, Mm -hmm. that looked like lacquered candy. It was so beautiful. Wow. It looked better than, you know, we have cards today that are designed in the classic mode, like Panini Classics for football, Topps Heritage. No offense to either of those products. It looked better than 90% of the fresh cards pulled out of there. Wow. Just from a cardboard standpoint. Where was this at? Uh, this was Golden Auction, sold for 300000 yesterday, but it's still on display there. I gotta go see that. So, when you've got things like that, events coming up, the Shoei Otani one of one Bowman Chrome Superfractor is on display and then will go to auction. It's clearly become an event that the hobby year revolves around. Right. Uh, that said, in regards to the LCS question, really, for me, life is becoming decentralized. I use Amazon. I may be part of the problem, but I've got kids who need diapers. Yesterday, I'm using Amazon. I'm using eBay. I'm using Twitter. So this is, for me, my LCS, where I get to see my friends, you know, Chris and David out there, as much as they may disagree with me sometimes, I love these guys, and they make me laugh, and I love seeing them. (laughs) You guys, you know, I've spoken on the phone to Drew, but I get to finally meet him, shake his hand, get to know what he's like in person. So for me, this is my my five-day LCS every year. 
That, that makes sense. You guys, that's, that's first actually, time. Yeah, and that's actually what I found to be the coolest part of this is I've gotten to meet so many people that, you know, we were talking about social media and its impact these days. I've gotten to meet probably over 100 people that I've been dealing with for years and that I feel like I know better than some of my friends at home, but yet I've never gotten a chance to meet. So sure. it's really cool. What, what about you? You're not speaking to that, but, like, what are you seeing your first time out here on the floor? I mean, I mean, first time out here on the floor, uh, there's something for everyone. Um, people say there's not deals at the National. There's, that's a lie. Um, there, there's plenty here for the dollar bins to the, to the big-name transactions. Um, literally, you can come here and spend a week and not see half of what, what you came to see. And so everything they say about the National is true. Um, as for is it maker, I don't think it's the whole hobby okay. um, because I collected for two or three. I got back into it for two or three years and didn't even know a National was a thing. Okay. Um, until until really Drew brought up brought up coming here, um, so I don't think it's the whole hobby. But man, I think what an opportunity for collectors to get face to face time with dealers they've been dealing with, with people they've been dealing with, even with company reps. Sure. Um, that that may, maybe they get to talk to and get some questions answered. So unique opportunity for sure. Maybe capstone of the hobby. Maybe foundation. I don't know. <laughs> I, I doubt foundation. But I, I you know I think I think it's a significant portion, but maybe not the whole. Jason. So for me being my it's my first national, it's close to home. It, it's a great trip, and it's overwhelming. You know, coming in day one, walking in, seeing the lights, and you know we came the second day that our some of our crew was here, and a lot of the booths were already set up, and it's just it's overwhelming. And I can see where people say, even in the five or six days that you're here as a visitor or a dealer, there's never enough time to go see everything, and. Uh, what are we on day four, three or four, depending yeah, on who you are? <laughs> I've never made it to the other half of the building yet, so okay. it's it's just crazy. It's nuts. What about you, man? You, you've only been here for like a couple of hours, so I yeah, I rolled into town like two ish around. Okay. Yeah, got my room. <laughs> but uh, for me, I just want to say thanks for asking me to do this thing to be up on this panel because that was the real motivation for me to even come to this event. I've never been to one before, and. Most likely, I wouldn't have come, but I'm sure glad I did, and I'll be here tomorrow, too. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Rob, you were inconspicuously silent down there. What, what, do you think that, what do you think about the National? I love it. I love coming every year. Um, when I first started coming, it was about the stuff. It was, yeah. about the, it was about the, you know, what's the promotions, the redemption packs, the free stuff. Uh, then it became about growing my collection, and uh, it's the only place that I feel comfortable buying from, you know, ex-dealer right. uh, to add to my, you know, ex-collection. Now it's about seeing people I know, you know, like these guys out here. Sure. Um, this guy. I mean, I have to put up with him every, you know, <laughs> Thursday night, but, you know, this is one of the only times I actually see him physically. Right. And then getting to know people that... I follow on Twitter, you know, sure. and so it, it's been interesting to, to watch what I, what I appreciate about the national change, but uh, this is the only place to do it all. Shop for your PC, see stuff you're never going to see anywhere else, and connect with people that you, that you love and respect in the hobby all in one place year after year. Awesome. I have just got one more. Yeah, I, I hate to answer the question twice, but I did want to add to that something that I thought of. Today, my mind was blown because I complain sometimes about certain things with eBay, okay. uh, certain things that certain listing practices and things. Well, guess what? eBay is here. 
I was able to go talk to eBay, and instead of ask eBay and getting a, you know, a, a customer service rep pad answer, I was able to go to them and watch the person responsible for the sports memorabilia category take notes, look at listings and say, oh, I've never seen that, even though I see thousands of listings an hour. Oh, I never realized that's what that meant. And actually start taking things into, into consideration. And that's a microcosm of this year. A lot of the things that we complain about, when you actually talk to the companies, I've seen changes. Maybe not all the changes we want, but in the last five years, I've seen changes on some of the things that collectors do complain about the most. They're incremental. It's a Titanic. It takes a long time to turn. But this is the only place where you can get an answer directly and know that you're heard as a collector. Sure. So that's another reason the National is important to me. It's very important. Um, we have the Industry Summit that we've been to, and that's, that's for the dealers. That's all those guys out there. But this is for collectors and enthusiasts. So I really, I really love it. All right, we're going to wrap this up. I tell people all the time the most important thing about podcasting is to be consistent. Um, I told you that when you first oh, started. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, if you say you're going to release on Thursdays at, at, at 2 o'clock, then you need to release on Thursdays at 2 o'clock. So with that being said, and the hope that you're all consistent, please tell everybody out there where uh, they can find your show, date and time, and social media so they can follow you. Thanks for that opportunity. Thursday nights. 9 p.m. Eastern Time, we stream live on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, Twitch. Seems the best feed is on Twitch, by the way, if you guys ever want to get into video. And all the handles are that channel and GoGTS Live. GoGTS Live. Drew? And, uh, we release every Friday this week, obviously, with National. It'll be a little different, but we will be back next week. Uh, you can find us on SoundCloud. Um, iTunes, pretty much anywhere. Uh, let me get that potograph and all of our socials. Uh, let me get that potograph at gmail.com, LGTP podcast on Twitter. And uh, yeah, every Friday. And I just wanted to say uh, one of the coolest things about all the podcasts and stuff like that, and you mentioned you talking to me, we're all going after really the same listener base, but it's all so incredibly supportive. It's a really awesome community we have here and some really great shows. And so I uh, just want to say thanks for letting us be a part of it. With that, I want to, I want to add the blogs, too, and the, and the vlogs. Yep. You know, again, it's, we're all chasing that same listener base. You know, we're all asking, hey, is it okay if I can post my podcast in your, in your Facebook room? And then, well, this guy already posted it, but he doesn't care. It's fine. Just let me do it, right? <laughs> so, uh, Jason, podcast. Uh, so, Steel City Collectibles is steelcitycollectibles.com, and then our blog is actually steelcityscoop.com, podcast, Steel City Scoop as well, pretty much on every podcast app or platform. Uh, we go live, I guess I go live every Friday at 11 o'clock, um, unless there's a show like The National or the one week we had Chantilly, we were uh, absent that week as well. So, usually Fridays at 11 on Blog Talk Radio. Awesome. And Vince? Eric, I appreciate the consistency advice, but I don't really, <laughs> I'm probably the least consistent of anybody at this table, but a lot of times my son is putting stuff up between jiu-jitsu practice, weightlifting, wrestling practice, his girlfriend, so I'm kind of at his mercy. I do a lot of things now to, to keep us afloat, but uh, where our podcast comes out usually twice a month about, okay. and we're on iTunes and uh, Stitcher Radio, and you can find our facebook page and twitter page instagram page instagram page is doing pretty good so that's where we're at awesome i, I actually want to i want to i want to shout them out that sports card podcast right right tscs 
yep. podcast. I, I have so little time. I, I sadly don't get to listen. I've listened to every one of ours about once. I've only even listened to mine once. <laughs> um, that's the one. That's actually the one that I enjoy the most. So All right, this is over. Don't think, <laughs> don't think that just because of the, the, the sporadic consistency. It's a really good one if you ever have a long, a long you know, 25-minute drive or something to download that and check it out. So Awesome. You can catch me uh, on Twitter at Podcast. If I don't answer you, David Wright will. He'll, uh, he'll jump in on for me. Um, we release on Thursdays at 11 o'clock. It used to be at 2 p.m. Changed it to 11 a.m. Because I get to work early and I have nothing to do. So uh, I put it out early. So, guys, thank you very much for joining me up here. I really appreciate it. Uh, some of this, I've met some of you for the first time today or this week. And uh, I love how we're interacting and growing together uh, in the hobby and there's a, I, I, I tweeted a couple of weeks ago that if you have a vague idea in a microphone, you can have a podcast. So, uh, but there's a podcast for everything, and these are some of the best sitting up here. So I hope you guys check us out. Please do. Thanks for coming out and hanging out with us, guys. We love you, Eric. Love you, Eric. This is Rob Bertrand with GoGTS Live, the Hobbies web show, and you're listening to Beckett Radio. All right, guys, we're back after that quick break. Hope you enjoyed that roundtable. It did take place uh, last last week at the National. Uh, I believe it was it was Friday night, actually. And those guys that joined me up on stage, uh, Drew and Stu and Ivan and Rob and Vince and Jason, we uh, we all have our own respective shows. Obviously, you. You've seen us out out there on social media, uh, pimping our own shows out. But uh, this this was a, a fun little chance for us to get together, and I hope you guys uh, learned a little bit more about each of our podcasts and what they offer, and then you got our takes on the hobby as well. So uh, thanks for checking that out. I believe there will be a, a conscious effort to push that out on all of our uh, different social media outlets uh, from all the different shows this week. So if you see it, we're, we're really proud of it, and we're getting it out there. All right, joining me now is uh, my good friend, uh, probably my only friend here in the, in the analyst uh, building. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we we got to hurry up because we got to get back to grading, though. Uh, Mr. Matt Bible, our non-sport analyst, is uh, is joining us, and he's joining us because the non-sport almanac is going to print today, tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Well, depending on when um, you're listening. Well, to this. yeah, <laughs> next year. Next you know? exactly. Um, but yeah, he's joining us uh, about that. First of all. Let's talk about the cover because that's what everybody, every, that's the first thing everybody sees. What's on the cover? Uh, I don't think it's any surprise. Um, it's Outlander. Outlander. So I- Sam McEwen uh, and uh, Katrina Baffer on the cover, um, which the, the show is just, uh, y- you know, you've watched it and you've seen the phenomenon of the sure. trend since we started opening boxes two years ago. It's just a, it's, there is just something insanely popular about the card products that are released by Cryptozoic. Right. I'm not sure what it is, but it's, it is a phenomenon in non-sports. It's, it's a, I don't want to call it weird cause it's not weird, but it seems weird. Like how popular that show is, especially in the non-sport market. Like, the, the promo cards that sell for ungodly amounts of yeah. money. And then Cryptozoic has done a fantastic job with that license. Mm-hmm. So, it's is is it surprising? No, not really. But in some sense, it is because it's it's kind of a, like it's a it's a show that has its own little niche uh, viewers. Uh, 
They do really well with it. It's a combination period piece, science fiction mm-hmm. type, uh, just a, a, a fusion of of different genres, and I think that's why it's appealing to people. I think so too. Um, yeah, and it, it it grabs every demographic: people who like period pieces, people who like science fiction, people who like romance. Sure. Because it's got the a lot of the romance element, the big you know people falling in love and betrayal and love triangles and all that stuff, and so I think that's why it's it's very appealing. But no, the the recent non sport update magazine has Outlander in the cover, and it's got the Outlander season three uh, promo card in it. So of course everybody is just right going nuts and and getting that magazine so they can get the promo. You know, <laughs> promo we card. we just got back from the national and. That Outlander magazine was probably the first to go. I mean, the Nonsport magazine, Nonsport update was probably the first to go off of our our ourself. And that's it, a statement. Crazy. Yeah, when a Nonsport magazine is the first to sell out at a sports collector's convention. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> with, with that being said, you know it's it's a the magazine is was six bucks five ninety nine or something like that. That's ten bucks. Is it ten bucks? Yeah. So we were selling them for five at the show as a show special. Yeah. They were flying off. I mean, we couldn't keep them. I think yeah. we came back with two maybe. I like to think it's because of my my very accurate uh, price guide skills, but you know, <laughs> but, you know, it's 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 the promos. It's it, all about the yeah, promos. It's the promos. And Plus, that. hey, it has that Sharknado promo in there too. So don't forget about that. Let's just, talk about that Sharknado thing because that's there was a Kickstarter started recently and yeah. it, it it was completed pretty quickly. It took a, sh- it took less than a day. Less than a day for a Sharknado, <laughs> and set. it's still. I think the goal was twelve hundred dollars, and it's currently sitting at close to nine thousand dollars. Wow! So people want these Sharknado trading cards. If they we, definitely want it. If we know anything about uh, Kickstarter and, and and GoFundMe and all that, if you're if you're a Jenner, you can get a lot of money, and if you're a Sharknado, you can get a lot of money. Yes, so. absolutely. We gotta get, we gotta get Kylie that that billion dollars that she so desperately needs. That's the most ridiculous thing. <laughs> that is another conversation for another time, my friend. Yes, yes, indeed. But let's talk about Sharknado. the The autographs in that set are the autograph possibilities are endless. They're endless, but unfortunately, there probably won't be autographs in this. Well, I don't set. want it now anymore. <laughs> there will be authentic uh, relics taken from props from the movie. Okay, so that's going to be the big appeal, and there will be sketch cards. Okay, so that is you got two of the big three hits that you can have in these boxes, and that 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 is a very big selling point. Well, I hope they do get an autograph or got guy or two. They're well, cool. I mean, there's going to be if thing work things work out according to plan, there will be two more. Series okay. All right. that cover the the last four films, so you never know. They might be able to snag a, a graph or two. It you know just depends on if it's ins- as insanely popular as this Kickstarter has been. Who knows? You know. I mean, what's Ian Zaren doing otherwise? You can get him. He's filming Sharknado films. Yeah, exactly. That's about it. And Y two J will sign anything for you. <laughs> just ask him about the midgets, and yeah. then he'll sign it for you. Yeah. It's awesome. I mean, we've had we've had a good little. Uh, run of uh non-sport products in the office we've opened uh what what was it um house of a thousand corpses recently yes, house but- of a thousand corpses which is probably one of the most nerve-wracking box breaks we've done because of the content yeah. um but you know fright rags have been another another great product from fright rags they just can't mess with these cards they they really take the time i think to the way they design the cards and how they they go back with that retro feel with the wax packs, mm-hmm. they have a usually have a gimmick for each product. Like with the Dawn of the Dead, they had the glow in the dark um, wax pack, which is fantastic. I've right. never heard of anybody doing that before. But with House of a Thousand Corpses, they had the whole 
circusy clown theme for the border, and then they had the the really artsy parallels, and and then of course they had the sketch cards, and we we pulled a really good uh, Captain Spaulding sketch that you gave away and scared. And probably the little, some ch- uh, some child at, at the national is going to have nightmares for the rest of his life and need counseling. And the child that won that, and it was not <laughs> planned that way. <laughs> I guarantee you had no idea what that card was. He was just happy he got a card. He's happy he got a card. And I, it it wasn't planned. It was it was literally, hey, I'll reach in the box and give <laughs> you give you this. And um, who's this guy play for? Exactly. <laughs> and so the way that worked, it was I, I saw the child coming up and I was reaching for a card. And my good friend Ivan over at GoGTS reached in and said, oh, we'll give him this one. And he just pulled out this one. It said one on one on the back. And he handed it to him. I'm like, well, that's going to be exciting for him. So uh, I threw Ivan under the bus there. I'm sorry, sir, about doing that. But that's exactly how that happened. Um, now that now that child's at home going, daddy, what's this? You know. <laughs> And uh, his dad's having to explain Captain Spaulding to him. Yeah. So there you but go. That was a very that was a very crazy box break because I just remember sitting next to you and you just kept saying, "Well, can't show this card. Yep. Can't show this one. Can't show this one." Um, and despite there was a few cards that had some very intense imagery and language, it was still really I think did uh, did a good job of covering that movie. Yeah, it did. It did it really well. Yeah, did it really well. Now let's see if they do Devil's Rejects or you know something like that. The, hey, that's well. Hey, the the next one that's that we're going to be getting hopefully soon is Good Guys, which is a Chucky sure. film um, homage basically. And then I think in October is when it comes out is The Evil Dead. Very nice. So Fright Rags has been really delivering with with the uh, with the uh, the retro um, horror film products. You know that's a that's a I think was the first one Reanimator. Is that what we did first? We did Reanimator, and then Dawn of the Dead, and then House of a Thousand Corpses. Yeah, so that's a it's an interesting uh, take on things. Again, it's a it's a niche of collectors that really don't have a voice out there, and Fright Rags saw that and went, "We can do something about this." Yeah, and they've done a really good job with those first three products, and can't wait to see what comes out of it. More than anything else, for me to sit and you know this better than anyone, Matt. For me to sit here and go, nope, I can't show that one. The restraint it took for me to do that was yeah. <laughs> was incredible. But uh, for them to take that and they're funny, just the cars themselves are funny. I wish I could show you what we were talking about, but we yeah. can't. We just can't do it. It, it. It's a company that does it that are doing things right, and uh, I like I like that little outsider feel they have. You know, they're yeah. not and the wax pack. It's an actual wax pack. Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's it gives it, it makes you feel like you're ten years old again, ripping into these these cards that of movies that you probably would have saw when you're ten. Like when I was you know ten years old when I first saw Reanimator and Dawn of the Dead. So, um, you know, it it does it takes you back and you know the horror genre has been really popular as of late. We opened an, a box yesterday on a live stream, right? Um, for Mark Pingator's MagicMarkerArt.com one called of, Horrible Kids. One of the funnest breaks I've had. <laughs> <laughs> that was just so awesome. Well, go ahead. Well, he just sent me the checklist so I can throw it in the system. But um, we it, it basically it's it combines uh, the parody nature of Garbage Pail Kids and all of the horror movie icons that you knew growing up, and a lot of the recent ones too. Um, like Annabelle from Conjuring and, sure. and uh, Samara from The Ring. So, right. But, you know, it covers the classics, Freddy, Jason, Michael, Leatherface, Pinhead, all the goodies that were back in the day, they're in that set. And some of the names they came up with, you know, 
Great Whitey, I think, is probably my favorite one. Sure, that we had it was a basically a parody in the in the in the it was a parody character of Jaws. That was perfect timing on that. Jolly too. Polly and uh, Great Whitey. I, I was lo- just thinking of Chris Rock. You know, <laughs> Great Whitey, and I was like, oh man, Great Whitey. That but um that was um you know we're these this this live break stuff is something that we're it's brand new we've only been doing it this week yep. you know for for us anyways you know yeah and we've we've done what three or four of them this week that one had the most interaction interaction by far with our our viewers mm-hmm. and it it's was, fun it was fun it was just it was comment after comment oh man that's hilarious that's great ha 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 I remember this yeah it well was, that that's it was a that's a good. Uh, that's a good note to take down for the future that, you know, when we do wacky packages or garbage fill kids or anything like that, that's sure. a parody. If, if Mark um, comes out with any more things, maybe do a live break for those. Obviously avoid house of house or devil's rejects yeah. for, for a live <laughs> break. But, uh, you know, um, for the, the fun stuff, the parody stuff, that's what we should do, pro- probably do in the future. That, sounds I think like so too. that's probably a, a good one to do. I think but. so, too. Um, all right, so you are our resident uh, moviegoer, mm-hmm. and we've talked about some shark movies earlier. You're going to go see The Meg this weekend. Yep. Are you excited? Of course. I mean, it, this movie's going to be horrible, but it's going to be a good kind of horrible. You know what I mean? I read a review, and I think that's exactly what they said. They were like, this movie's dumb, but it knows it, and that's why it's great. So... Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I, I've I, as a, as a kid, I've I was obsessed with sharks and, and aquatic life. So uh, more more than anything, sharks though. And so the Jaws movies as a kid, and any of the um, rip off movies, Piranha things like that as a kid were were definitely a staple in my life. And we just did the you know the Jaws two uh, retro break not too long ago. Right. So anybody who gets on uh, Beckett.com or YouTube, go check that out. It was a pretty fun break. It was great. Um, Anytime but, you get a Ralphie May reference in there, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Um, it's it's going to be a good it's going to be a good movie to enjoy to sit back and, and relax and watch and see how much the shark tears up. Because sure. from what I understand, I'm not giving any spoilers, but from what I understand, it starts slow. It has a slow build, yeah. But midway through the movie, it's just balls out, and the shark just wreaks havoc okay. for the rest of the movie. All so. Right. Should be good. Should be a fun time. The running joke in the office that I keep asking is, how is Jason Statham going to kick this thing in the face? <laughs> I don't know. So if you go see... Are you going tonight? Thursday yeah, night? I, yeah I'm, going to, I'm going tonight. You got to my... come, come back tomorrow and tell me how Jason Statham kicks this thing in the face. Yep. Because that's the only thing I care about. <laughs> that's the only thing he does. Every every movie he's been in, I've seen him in. I think all going all the way back to the one with Jet Li, it was just like Kung Fu. Right. You know, so... Exactly. Exactly. All right, man. Uh... When is so the the non sport almanac goes to print today? That means it'll hit shelf, hit shelves next month. Is that right? Yeah, I think it's the twenty fourth is when it go it it hits shelves. Okay, so just, cl- closer to the end of the month. But uh, you know the same fanfare as last year. You know, I just went in. I tried to clean things up as much as possible. I did a lot of that. There's there's a lot. There aren't there isn't much left that I can clean up. Sure. to make it really solid. And make it uniform. Um, the one, the one key attraction I think this year is going to be the fact that the vintage section grew exponentially. It went from thirteen pages to forty pages. That's massive. So we're going to have a lot of vintage pricing in this book. Um, I, you know, I was under the gun. It's, it's. I started working on this. I think toward the end of April, and I've been able to get a lot of stuff priced, a lot of stuff repriced. 
stuff that I haven't been able to find in years. I was able to find. So um, we separated the DC and the Marvel sections. Mm. There's still one section, but there there's a subheader for each, sure. so that they have their separate uh, separate checklist. And then uh, you know it's just it's the same uh, pages as as usual, but a lot of it is straight up. Ninety nine percent of it is priced now. Um that's amazing, and I want to ask you from a printing side of things. I mean, that's what we work in. Did you guys have to give up any pages to get that forty pages of vintage? No, no. So you just added them. What What happened is, you know, last year every page was three columns of price guides. So some of the sections we just we just reduced to four columns. Okay. So that we would have we would have that room um, next year. Uh, I will probably end up doing the entire guide as four columns and, okay. and adjust accordingly so that we can. We can put more stuff in there because um, I, I, as usual, you know how I am. I already have plans for next year. I already know what I'm doing. I know what I'm going to be putting in. We're going to be putting a Disney section in next year. There's a lot of Disney sets that are going to go in their own section, and then well, he's turning ninety this year, so yeah. So we're going to do uh, awesome. also. We're going to do non-sport, which has been a topic that I've thrown up on Instagram. For those of you who um, have an Instagram account, check out at non-sport update. Um, that's our handle for our new Instagram uh, page. But um, I, I, I threw that up there as a, as, a, as a topic on Instagram and on non-sport updates forums about non-sport cards in sport sets. Sure. And that's going to be a bonus section next year. Sweet. Now, so, all that being said, I asked you all of that to get to this, and I'm hoping that we can talk about it. What's the next big project? Because I know what it is, and you've alluded to it on social media but can we can we announce it or? Um, I I I you know that's a good question because I don't th- I, I think we can. Okay. Um, the goal is to throw together um, a wrestling collectibles almanac. That is awesome. Um, I, I'm I'm excited. I'm ready to work on that. I want to I want to write for that. I want to do stuff for that. I'm excited too because this is one of the things even more so than star wars this is one of the things that i've wanted to work on ever since i've come here and i've already got ideas i already know i think what i'm doing the good news about this is that i did all the individual edits and major overhaul of the wrestling database last year right so everything is all ready for me all i have to do is go in find the missing pricing for the vintage stuff um and reprice things accordingly um i think i think the big challenge for me is going to be the action figures okay finding all of the action figures that have ever existed the rare ones the ones that are hard to find the ones that that make the community go the Kamala, gaga over it the and kamala with a star on his pants yeah there's 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 so many different there's uh, one the other day i found was a bam bam bigelow unopened mm. um that has a hulk hogan card on the back Oh wow! And then there's and there's multiples of it, so it's it's one that is a genuine error, and then they have the regular with Bam Bam's card on the back. Okay. So, um, just that's just one of the many things I'm finding. But just going through, and I've got a lot of action figures in the database already for sure. wrestling. Sure. It's just weeding through it and getting them priced and making sure I'm as accurate as I possibly can be. It's a, it's a challenge, but the beast from the east. Yep. And we're gonna have a bonus MMA guide in. Uh, in the back. So, you know, since the WWE here recently, in recent years, mm-hmm. WWE and MMA have been crossing over between Rousey and Lesnar and CM Punk and Bobby Lashley. And I think Batista was even doing MMA there for a while. Um, but yeah, um, that's the, that's the big goal. This is the wrestling Beckett wrestling 
Almanac. I'm excited about that one. Again, I'm I want I want to be a part of that. So please don't please don't cut. Tell Mike I got to be a part of. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I want I would I have I'm pretty sure I could pick up the phone right now and call Conrad and be like, hey, you want to be on this? And he could get Pritchard involved, and it would be it would be a really cool thing. To that'd have. be that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be really cool. That'd be awesome. All right, uh, we're going to wrap this week up. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. Uh, Matt, thank you for joining me here for this last segment. No problem. It's nice to get out of grading once in a while. Yeah, you, know? you got to get down here from grading from time to time so we can do a podcast. You know? Yep. Ridiculous. Uh, guys, hang, I'm sorry. I almost said hang tight. We'll be right back. Guys, thanks for listening. Until next week, just keep listening. Mission control, it's stories to be told Bold, decode these remotes Broke down, but this behold The illest from CO Deep through the keyhole To see this one light Leeches lurking in the darkness Won't leave living tonight Punchline for fist fight Because they heads ain't fed right How can you see my brother With no perspective of sight Can't do good and live right Kick snares and hi-hats They be the get right Here to give the blind sight What? Me and my people just might tonight Alright? Right. Me and my people just might.